0: Our grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, and Matthew Weir. Kerry is away, and lucky her, she's managed to miss the second in a row of one of those Archer's filler in weeks.
1: Isn't it known as dodging a Borsetshire bullet?
0: <laughs> well, whatever it is, I mean, she's, you know, she's away making sweet, sweet eyes at Brian Ferry, and she's in the right place because I, I mean, what what were they trying to set up this week? I mean, generally, sort of thematically, broadly, which where it, it feels like we're just kind of like uh, floating.
1: Yeah, we've had this theory that we're getting storylines dropped in that were ended up on the cutting room floor during COVID in the monologues, and they're now just suddenly being picked up and put back in. The window story, I mean, that has to be that has to be canon and timeline because it relates to the tw- birth of the twins, doesn't it? Um, mm. I mean it's nice to have Emma back. I'm just going to say that and I'm sure Peter you're absolutely delighted. We had an Emma Jim yeah. gym week so we can both be happy about that. But oh god, I don't know. I mean Emma said this week Joe always had a thing about the Archers and I was like, "Yep. So do I, <laughs> mate."
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's actually uh, I mean our, we were crowing a few weeks ago about our swollen listener numbers and they're still fine. They're still doing fine, but they they have plateaued a bit. There's normally a kind of relentless upwards trajectory and they've plateaued over the last couple of weeks and I think it was Kerry who said you know it's probably linked to the to the actual people listening to to you know the source show itself and um yeah I, I mean I uh, I don't know I think I think we're gonna I think um let's have an advert and then let's see if we can pull it together and try and something find something vaguely interesting to say over the next half an hour I'm
1: in
2: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quinz.
0: So, Matthew, Kerry is away. As I alluded to earlier on, she has gone to see the delectable Brian Ferry, her childhood and adulthood crush, Um, and you pulled off a bit of a coup. You managed to arrange for her to get a bit of an audience with him.
1: Yeah, I know. We had to keep this very carefully under wraps, but um, Brian is quite amiable. He has a cameo, and he also will do meet and greets if... um, if the price is right. So I arranged a little surprise, and the hotel at the O2 brought up room service for Kerry.
0: Kerry did, in fact, get a meet and greet. Yeah. Right, let's give it a go.
2: Right,
0: quick as you can, Kerry. Okay. Keep still, you maggot. It's coming. Uh. Nearly ah, there! Dear. Ah Yes! Oh, I'm all right. Oh thank goodness. Oh you're a star, Kerry. Couldn't have done that without you. Now the over.
1: I did not expect that.
0: No, no, poor Brian, devoured like a meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, i to admit, I didn't
0: expect Kerry to be such an efficient lover. That was exactly 39 seconds of lovemaking. I know. Um,
1: she's, um, she's straight to the point, isn't she? Well, yeah. t- time is at a premium with these stars, aren't they? They've got to get to sound check and stuff like that. The person yeah. I feel sorry for in all of that is Shula's brother. Shula's? Kerry's brother. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> well, goodbye, everyone. This is my last ever Cider Shed podcast. Um, I was going to say. Person I feel sorry for is Kerry's brother because he's playing role of sheep in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, I I mean, but I'm sure. I mean, you know, I've never met Kerry's brother, but if he's even fifty percent of, you know, fifty percent of Kerry's personality, he would just be glad that his sister was fulfilling a childhood dream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I saw, saw a photo of him, um, a retro photo of him uh, yesterday, and he, he looks like a thoroughly nice chap even back then. Um, Peter, what am I going to do about saying that? calling Kerry, Sheila? Is there an archer's podcast equivalent of the Witness pr- Protection? Why am I even asking you? You and Kerry are practically in it.
0: <laughs> well, she called herself Sheila last week. So She's I think did, you're, I you're clear. Yeah.
1: You guys are in that program after all the traumas and secrets you've heard. So I, yeah, you could just sign, sign me up for it.
0: I think, you know, you're, you're not that far behind on the uh, um, sort of... It's almost like giving your life to Christ, isn't it? Sort of joining a <laughs> um, uh, joining a convent. The amount of time that we have given over to the archers now is quite extraordinary. I can't, uh, you know, I can't really imagine what it's like not <laughs> not to have to think about this wretched show day and night, uh, <laughs> which sets us up nicely for an enthusiastic uh, little bit of chit chat.
1: I'm sat here looking at my notes that I've been writing, and as I was doing them earlier, I was like, well. George was there saying it's just the writing I can't stand and I was like oh George okay I understand I'm there with you on that he's suddenly becoming a little bit fallible the return of Emma has shown that I mean Eddie just seemed pure um, Ed Edward or Ed seemed purely aggressive with George and it wasn't a tactic that worked particularly they
0: were quite abrasive he does seem to be a bit of a mummy's boy doesn't he she wasn't in any way bamboozled by him. And she ended up spoiling him a little bit, but it was sort of just like, yeah, no, you're a liar. You've lied before. Uh, I don't trust you. Why should I believe you? And not in a nasty way, just in a very kind of like, you know, you know, I've got your number. Whereas everyone else, he's trying to do this kind of Joe Grundy, Eddie Grundy kind of smooth thing with. So I, I really enjoyed that, and I thought it was a good way of them reminding us exactly who Emma is. After you know, anyone let's put it this way: if you're new to the show and you hadn't ever heard who Emma heard Emma before, you'd very quickly work out who she was. No nonsense, but ultimately quite loving.
1: That was the thing, wasn't it? I mean, George, to all intents and purposes, he's been running riot a little bit. He had the vaping lab sets fire to the post box. He's in his first episode when they kind of brought him back as this. With the actor, he was uh, bullying Brad a little Mm. bit. And now he's suddenly in check. And everyone was saying, like, where is Emma? How does Emma tolerate this? Well, we've seen how Emma tolerates it. She's got his number completely.
0: And then, of course, that sort of, the flip side of that was the fact that she was not behaving as predicted in terms of her reaction to the glass window. So obviously we didn't hear that was all reported. So it's kind of, on the one hand, we got Emma, you know, exactly as we remember her and on the other hand she shocked us and jim by being you know pro the archers so yes yeah, it was it was it was good to have her back even though she's only for there for a few minutes and you were right at the beginning it did go a long way to kind of like salve my uh the wound that has been sort of two weeks of all of this just general nonsense
1: yeah, look like at a Sunday episode with Jim and Emma. She wasn't totally pro the window at the beginning, was she? She was very much echoing and channeling the spirit of Joe, saying, "You know that they, the archers, always spe- expect to get their own way in the village." But it only seemed after she had this conversation with Neil, who, let's face it, is still pretty much part of the feudal system. I think that's <laughs> the problem with Neil. I yeah. mean, the, the the only person he stood up to. And that was on off the back of a messy potential divorce, was Brian, Brian. Yeah. In recent memory, where whereas I think he should be more um or as strident about this fucking window. It's really yeah. annoying me. There was that thing where Alan said, Well, the, the archers don't expect different treatment. I was like, Why don't you go back and listen to a few episodes, Alan? They're always expecting different treatment. You've got Helen prancing around the village saying that the, well, the window can't stop now because Jack started his pencil drawing. I was like, well, tough shit. You know, just like the way she was trying to shoe them, shoehorn them into the judging of Fallon's fantasy pudding competition or whatever the that was.
0: (laughs) I mean, if we were going to try and sort of add some kind of high concept to this podcast, what I would like is where we could kind of like yank the characters through the fourth wall, make them look at what they've done, like pressing a puppy's nose to its own shit. It's like, <laughs> look, this is what we have to deal with. Oh, it's like, yes, yes, Neil, you're a man. You're a, you know, you're a not, you're an older man with grandchildren, and people respect you. You should be, you know, grow a spine. It's like, oh, but but they but they let me play with the bells. Yes, that's not enough, Neil. You <laughs> need more than that.
1: I mean. Alan did say that Neil seemed reluctant or almost apologetic, but he went, he voted that way. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's by all, um, I mean, we don't know the way that parish councils or the parochial um, council works. And then he said it has to go to this other thing, the the consistory court and possibly English heritage. I'll hold my hands up, not religious, don't really care about stained glass windows in in the real world. In this sense, I have no real idea what the process would be. So, I mean, Usha said you might have retired, or someone said that, didn't they? Did it, Was it Jim that said that? That Alan might have even retired by the time it comes round to being put in. But it doesn't matter because Alan's just going around with a broomstick and smashing all the other Archer's windows now, so it's
0: a free-for-all. Is this where Alan decides to retire and then and then he and then he goes um he stays in the village but basically he decides this is he's had enough
1: the thing is if alan retires shula comes back
0: as i was saying it i was aware of the the door i was leaving open and i you know i did, didn't make me happy but i you know you can't control these things
1: well it has to be a different actress doesn't it It has to be a different actor this time because oh, the actor God, definitely goodness. has quit so we i don't think I, you know, and we don't want to be rid of the actor. The actor just does their job. I don't think we're rid of Shula as a character.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, don't don't give her that I was only obeying orders. <laughs> um, escape route for this. She is so, part of that monstrosity.
1: So is this part of dragging, dragging them through the fourth wall is now turning into the Nuremberg Ambridge trials?
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, dear me. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it would be lit (laughs) for fellow's humour if, uh, (laughs) if you enter the fourth wall.
1: Me and Peter are delirious. If you can't tell, it's just this after this week. Uh,
0: you know, when you drink so much that you can't get any more drunk and you sort of convince yourself you're actually sober again.
1: I always thought it was a myth drinking yourself sober. I don't ever
0: recall doing it. I think it's the, basically you, you mistake a period of not getting any drunker for becoming sober like it's a kind of comparative thing so you've kind of like you've sewed it up a little bit but my stress levels have gotten so extreme over the last few weeks i think i've almost kind of it's almost kind of normalized i've got kind of stockholm syndrome for my own stress and so yeah i just I, but my brain is completely i had to i went through you know basically we record at 7 30 on a friday so mm-hmm. the, the, we just we just listened to the show at seven fifteen. So normally 15 I spend it's fifteen minutes going through the, other, the the shows from the week and writing down some very rough notes about like what's happened. I couldn't remember any of it. I mean, it was just which is not my, which which is not how I normally am. I just I'm so frazzled. Um, so actually, I, you know, when I was going through it through it, I was like I was looking down. I was like, okay, things. There were some things I cared about, like I do. Like you said, I was pleased that Emma was back, um, George. Even though he's like a nasty nasty Nick character, he is quite compelling. So I'm trying to be positive now, Matthew. He is quite okay. compelling. And Lily and Freddie are annoying as hell, but you do kind of feel something when they're they're there, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like Helen where you're just kind of like, oh, God, oh, this is this is just a waste of my time. Lily and Freddie, I sort of feel like I'm sort of like, oh, okay, I do care what happens to them. Like today, Freddie being all stupid about like not knowing about George Orwell and that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, so Freddie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said a couple of weeks ago that I've stopped short of making a list of um, of who I do want to hear from and who I don't want to hear from on the archers and then Kerry started just listing names, didn't she, of the people (laughs) she likes in a very slow, deliberate manner, which was, but I'm looking down at my notes and for some reason, and I sometimes I forget the context of what I've written. I've written frayed ends of sanity in the middle of my notes and I have no idea what it's in relation to. And that was somewhere between Sunday and Monday. But yeah, Emma, as we said, like Emma's a bit of a saving grace this week. She's back she's fighting the good fight. She, at least at some point, I, you know, I had my hopes up. We had like an anti-window coalition at, at one point. I mean, Jim was totally against it. Thought it mm. was obscene. You know, could you love a man even more? No, probably not. Yeah. I was very jealous when he invited, um, Alan to the ball for a pint at seven thirty. I was like, Oh, I'd love to go for a pint with Jim. Alan had to refuse it, refuse a top up because he had to go and shoot some pigeons. But, you know, that would have been, it's a dream day, isn't it?
0: There's certain types of people who can talk over you or lecture you and you're just grateful. Like, you know, because, because, you know, it's very rare to be able to sit down with someone and to just drink in all of their knowledge and the fact that they deliver it in a kind of very kind of equal and, uh, non-pompous way like jim tells you jim would be telling you stuff because he's interested in it not because he thinks that you are lacking
1: mm. i'd love to be on his pub team pub, pub quiz team to be clear or pub team just go down the pub with him
0: and one of my favorite treats used to be when i lived abroad would be coming home and ending my um one of my relatives unbeaten runs at trivial pursuit just absolutely destroying my family at general knowledge is a <laughs> particular uh, pleasure is
1: this because you? Is this because the night before you would take all the cards up to bed and read all the answers to memorise them?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, absolutely We've not taking any chances. <laughs> um, my my favourite one was one Christmas. Um, my stepfather uh, said very sort of grandly to my mum, "Oh, um, this is while my love of the archers was still secret," and he kind of goes to my mum, "Oh, there's a there's an archers quiz in the archers here. Sorry, in the in the, in the newspaper here." Um, and for my mum, and I was like, "I will destroy you." <laughs> and i just took that old woman that you know uh to school absolutely i was merciless and it was otto the bull that got with that won me the you know that basically they but they threw the towel in they're like okay yeah, yeah this is another level
1: should i do my otto the bull noise it's whenever whenever i should
0: try to do the chelsea growl i can do it hang on <clears throat> there you oh, go now oh, no. i'm gonna to imagine tony up against the wall old tony as well <laughs> do you prefer the old tony or the new tony the new tony because i like the actor yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he's old Tony. I could never imagine a circumstance where I might feel kind thoughts towards him. He was kind of like him and Pat were one loathed object um, and <laughs> new, new Tony. I sort of feel he's more kind of like, you know, obviously he's also, we've had to go through it, through it with him as he's dealt with all the kind of the abuse from Peggy. And he's kind of tried to fight back against that. So.
1: Peter, I, it would be remiss of me. Despite the fact that she wasn't in the episode this week, that you've just uttered the word Pat. And I think, therefore, you have to honor it.
0: Well, general assets. Yes. <laughs> okay, go on. How quickly can I do this? Uh, Pat Chat. Do I have to do the full one? Yeah, the full one. Oh, okay. People are here I, for it. I don't know. You see, I, d- I don't. Uh, can someone get in touch and tell me whether Pat Chat is annoying or not? Pat Chat well we've done pat chat on a (laughs) my finest work we've done pat chat on a week when there's been no pat i think i've mentioned it before there is a wonderful wonderful podcast called three bean salad that has now become just a giant sort of soup jingles but yeah this is the podcast that has jingles for the jingles, isn't it? And jingles for the jingles for the jingles. <laughs> uh, and they're exquisite as well. But what's the, what is where, what on earth were we talking about? We were talking about Tony. We, we
1: were talking about George. And that when we said that Emma was keeping in check, I just want to quickly say a couple of things just before we get off George. So he's going to be tutored because he's feeling or well, he's very reluctant to the idea of being tutored, but he is struggling at college. Now, as much as he's a bit of a scammer, I want to believe that this part of the story is true, that he he, he wants to jack in education and just become a farmhand and work his way up, and they're trying to explain him, explain to him that working in agriculture isn't that simple anymore, and he he does need some kind of college qualification to do it. Uh, Kerry put out a tweet because he was he was buying a gaming chair, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, that he got his three-week layoffs, he gets 15 quid a week, so he had a 45 advance from Emma. Kerry put out a tweet, which was very good, um, which I thought we could uh, like elaborate on, that he's just going to bring this gaming chair home and say, so, Grandpa, what do you think? And he went, George, that's a pheasant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or <Poor> George.
1: <laughs> it's a bit root one, but, you know. He's not that thick, is he? No, we hope not. But, I mean, everything he buys, a pheasant arrives. Yeah. Sex toy.
0: Pheasant. <laughs> but he's – I yeah, I, I went – we went to look round a school for my little boy, my little boy's first school. We went there last week, and um, it was – this particular school had a lot of children who were kind of, like, from fairly disadvantaged backgrounds – And so we were talking to the headmistress and she was talking about like the efforts they put in to kind of create a level playing field. And then Mm -hmm. something that I thought was interesting and happily relevant was how they try and maintain, uh, keep disciplines completely separate from, um, interaction to do with kind of like learning and academia. So, Mm. so you can be a naughty kid and be in trouble and that shouldn't affect your reputation as a student, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I really appreciated that, and I thought that, you know, someone like George, like he's obviously not thick despite the pheasants buying chairs that he thinks are pheasants or pheasants that he thinks are chairs. Um, but, like, you know, he's obviously not a thick kid, but then, you know, people have been saying, haven't they, like, you know, you know dyslexia or ADHD or some other, other condition that's obviously sort of stymieing his ability to kind of get involved.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I often find that, the most rambunctious kids, particularly when you get into like 10th, 11th grade are also the kids that can do, they can like do all the work correctly. Mm. And I always sometimes think it's just, they're a little bit bored and they need to be a
0: little bit of a humble brag here. Well, not even a humble brag, just a brag. My absolute favorite moment every year was the award ceremony. um, Because I used to be, I think I've mentioned this before, I've been. I was stood up in front of the entire school and beaten on one occasion. On another occasion, I was on two occasions. I was stood up in front of the whole school, and the school was told to boo me. Every week, I was publicly humiliated for like some something that I'd done wrong, or you know, like I was always being given punishments. Like they had punishments named after me. And then every, at the end of every term, they would do. They would hand out the awards for like you know. Best, best in English best in maths best in physics or something <laughs> and finally I would get to go up on stage and not not for not for being screamed at by some teacher and it was just yeah. like it was and it was just ridiculous because it was like they they couldn't seem to get they couldn't seem to understand that you could be both utterly bored and disinterested by school and at the same time have some kind of maybe some aptitude for these things by the way this is not my kind of this is not me trying to claim to be some genius this is just you know how unbelievably easy it is to pass exams at a certain age yeah
1: ladies and gentlemen when you finish with the sandwiches can you join us over the school field for the what is now called the peter fickling kicking of the arse
0: yeah. I, you joke they had they there was a punishment it was named after me it, i found this out years later it was still being it was still named after me it was basically a form that your whole day it was broke the whole day broken into 15 minute chunks and you had to get get every 15 minutes signed by a teacher that's all right.
1: when my entire class was put on form report when we were in the third year big up three A T B. we were in sounds like a bloody star wars droid but we were we were so badly behaved i'm pretty sure i wasn't but other kids were that we were put on form report for the whole year so every kid in the class in our form was on report and i i remember thinking at the time like i don't think i've really done anything wrong but other kids were you know we had kids that were by the time we were in the like the third year of secondary school we had kids that were already nipping out for a for a smoke or something slightly stronger by the by the back of the school gate so also, I, I think I mentioned this on the pod before. I probably shouldn't. Me and a, a collective got in trouble in junior school and the headmaster wanted to reintroduce the cane and it, uh, the school board voted it down.
0: <laughs> so what, your, I bet your mum would volunteer to come in and beat you for him, wouldn't she? I mean, you know, she's, oh, yeah. already, she's uh, already beating you enough at home. She might as well go into the, into school and sort of like, you know, show <laughs> him how it's done.
1: My poor mum.
0: My yeah. reputation for beating you is is out of control now. And um, by the way, I can hear Kerry listening to this tomorrow going, Well you two f- please get back onto the arches?" <laughs> He's smoking a lot of tabs with Brian <laughs> after the show.
1: Okay, so we've done we've done George. The only thing, well, I mean, Mia's going to be brought in as a tutor. He was very resistant to that. Bring in Russ. Russ can tutor. Yes. Come on, please. Bring in Russ as a tutor, and then he can explain. Well, um, yeah the whole reason me and Lily broke up is because um, Tracy accused me of fathering a baby with Chelsea, uh, but it turns out actually it's Ben. <laughs> and that'll just get the whole ball rolling with the Horobins finding out who the father is.
0: Ross seems to get on with the least likely people, doesn't he? He's good pals with Chelsea. Um, so, you know, I can I can see... We get a... So Pheasant, no, George, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's a nice Isosceles um, triangle. <laughs>
1: I thought it might be warming to get Brad to help George, but obviously Brad can't do it because he's now Chancellor of the Exchequer.
0: Yeah. Oh, and a life. That's a whole... Oh, we're trying to get back onto the arches, and you've just triggered me big time. I could do that. Yeah, okay, no,
1: let's, let's get back onto it. Um, we've had our window rant, haven't we?
0: Yeah, we've had our window rant. We've had our self-indulgent um, back-at-school chat. Natasha's <laughs> a big old gossip. It sort of surprised me. Do you think they're setting her up? No, sorry, I, I overthink these things, but it feels to me that they've been trying to sort of turn her into a kind of Susan Mark II.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sit properly. And it, you are right when they, when they twist the, the character that we're listening to, because Natasha in the past, in terms of, all right, waiting outside a midwife's office, that is a bit gossipy. I did think to myself, if I saw somebody in that environment and put two and two together, and as Tracy said, got five, but you would put two and two together and get four, would you then go and gossip about it? I don't know. No. I don't think I would. I'm, I'm, in real life, I'm currently privy to the fact that a friend is in, in that condition. And large, um, outer members of their family don't know. So I, and there's been no gossip and no desire to gossip about it whatsoever.
0: Hey, guys. So Matthew was just talking about what a trustworthy confidant he was. Uh, I was about to make an um, unfair joke about uh, um, Mimi and Max finding out about their mum being pregnant. Um, and then we got cut off. So, Matthew, we are back. Uh, the gremlins have been done away with.
1: Yeah. So... Natasha's gone and spilled the beans to Lee and Helen, and somehow that has already got round to Jolene, and then Kenton.
0: Well, have you ever done this? Is your mum a gossip or your dad a gossip?
1: Um, my dad's a terrible gossip to the point right. where when I go back to England, I like to make videos when we're driving in the car or walking through the countryside, and. I have to kind of edit the sound on them because the entirety of the video of me filming these lovely rolling hills in the Cotswolds of him going, yeah. And then the other thing is apparently she didn't know that this. I had to take all of it out. I even use this app, uh, Merlin, I think it's called that identifies bird sounds and my dad can't stop gossiping. So it will bring up like, um, uh, red wings, um, you know, um, chaffinch. And then it will say homo sapien unconfirmed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's literally my dad because he can't stop gossiping. My mum's, uh, my mum's a little bit better at keeping secrets. I'm very good at it. Anyone, anyone yeah. wants to slide into my DMs and give me some dirt. It's a vault. You've got it out and now I know it. Oh, that's one hell of a promise. Yeah, and I won't use it against you in the future. <laughs> no
0: How do we even test this? Anyway, If it, well, you know, it's between Matthew and his um, future friends. Yeah,
1: tell me, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets, everyone. That's a new feature on the show.
0: I think, you know, you, me, and Kerry share a lot of stuff, and I, I, I think you're right. I, I would trust you. I, I do trust you with my secrets. So, you know, there you go. But uh, the reason I asked was, I used to, um, about your mum or dad being um, – trustworthy was um i used to play an experiment with my friend ben and we would lie to our mothers and see how quickly the other one would find out you know this yeah. is when we this is we, we you know we'd left home years before and our record was something crazy like four minutes like the other one getting a <laughs> ping you're know, sitting next to each other in a pub and the other one gets a ping on their phone
1: that's as long as it took for emily carver from the Institute of Economic Affairs to block me yesterday when I asked who funds her.
0: Oh, is she Is she the slightly shrill one who was kind of going yes. bananas?
1: She went bananas on question time. and Then she was on LBC the other night and someone asked the same question. She went nuts. And a lot of people were saying, if you ask her, where does your money come from? She immediately blocks you. And I asked her with, uh, I'm posting videos of her doing on two occasions doing that. And she blocked me with it. I only checked after four minutes. She probably blocked me after thirty seconds. Hmm. That that uh, and she's a pro free speech enthusiast. It's
0: my mum, <laughs> Emily Carver. Is that what we're saying? <laughs>
1: anyway, sorry, four four minutes for you to find out who was the rat.
0: Yeah, and I. I'd, anyway, the point is, is that so I did. My instinct was to be like, "Oh, this is bollocks," but then I thought, "No, actually, I, in my in my own life, I've seen information zing and zap that fast around the community. So maybe it wasn't that nonsensical." Um, but yeah, I did. It didn't. I was a bit disappointed that Natasha has now been framed as a Susan alike, and mm. it did. That's not what who I wanted to be because I quite liked how they'd sort of when she helped Helen look for the for the lads around Borsetshire, um sorry thank you yeah when she helped Kirsty, she was also um very resolute in how she dealt with Tom about a few kind of like issues around kind of moral ambiguity or Tom being a kind of coward in how in his interactions with people I mean
1: talk about the medical situations in her own family her dad's bipolar and she wanted that shrouded in secrecy didn't she she mm. doesn't, doesn't want people to know, oh, when my dad doesn't take his meds, he goes out and buys a donkey sanctuary and drinks for the uh, the entire, entirety of the village. But at the same time, she will rock up and, at the farm and say to Lee and Helen, oh, I think I'm not going to do a Welsh accent. I'm not going to give anyone that satisfaction. But then gossip that Tracy is pregnant. So it, it's a it's a big double standard. I don't think it really fits with her personality, but...
0: If you're from Bristol, you're as close to being Welsh as is possible without actually being Welsh. I mean, I, obviously, I know it's a separate so
1: countries. Yeah, that's the problem, though, isn't it? But, I mean, the, the trouble is, Welsh, obviously, you do end up, like, living with and cohabiting and being friends with a lot of Welsh people in Bristol, but they mm. will roundly tell you that you're failing miserably <laughs> at the Welsh accent and you essentially sound like you're from Bangladesh.
0: It's true, though. It's like if you have friends, like uh, – I've got um, Irish friends and American friends, not Irish American friends, Irish friends and American friends, and I will not do those accents anymore because I'm so much more attuned to them, so I can immediately hear how bad they are. Like mm-hmm. in the past, I would have said, Oh, I'm really good at American accents, but now having lived there for God knows how many years, and then my sister's American. I just don't do them anymore because I can immediately hear how bad they are. So maybe that's it. Being so close to Wales, and you know, being so much more attuned to Welsh culture, you're probably a lot more reticent to get stuck in. So, um, but so anyway, do your Natasha impersonation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I hear Tracy is pregnant.
0: Oh my lord! Yeah, I can see why. Okay, I'm, fair I'm
1: deliberate. I'm deliberately doing it badly. Come on. And I would yeah. say, after ten years of living in Dublin, I am totally confident that I can do most regional accents in Ireland better than I can do a Welsh one. So, yeah. you're not going to get you're not going to get that out
0: of me. Are we, are we birds of a feather? Then we we think that um, Trace, sorry, not Tracy, Natasha is um, being shifted in a direction we're not comfortable with. And please, can I just you know leave her as she was?
1: Well, she wasn't that well liked originally, was she? certainly by the listenership
0: i was starting to slowly warm to her it was a bit like uh, it's the reverse of ben like ben i absolutely loved ben and they've trashed him and i was slowly coming to terms with the fact that tom and natasha like you know had some likable qualities i think partly because they were going through like you know early parenthood and that was sort of uh okay actually talking of early parenthood this this week lots of people have been talking about the fact that um Chelsea didn't understand about uh you know when her you know where her pregnancy was counted from it was the date of her last period rather than mm-hmm. the date that she had sex and was it just me who felt that they everyone was really missing the point or that you know there's there's so there's the legal the legal side of it which is probably that the day that she has can have a legal abortion is determined by the the date of her last period probably that's what i'm imagining but otherwise it is factually the day that you have sex, isn't it? It's not like the sperm tra- time travels. So you've got a kind of lead, there's a legal component to it as well as the sort of actual factual how pregnant you are component.
1: Yeah, I had massive sympathy for Chelsea in Tuesday's episode. There were a lot of people on social media saying, gosh, he really is clueless, even for a 17 year old. And I was trying to think back at 17, at the mental maturity that I had at that point.
0: Yeah.
1: And if, you know, if I'd have been, uh, having that happen to me, if I was a girl and that had happened to me, how I would have possibly dealt with that. Her breakdown of it to the midwife was pretty much <laughs> forensically how I'd been doing it. Well, there was this rave on the 1st of July and this bloke tipped a beer on me and he could tell the midwife was there going, okay, I'm not going to write this down. Um, yeah, and his girlfriend dumped him, poor fella, and he was uh, so depressed I, I shagged him. So that was it, 1st of July. And then she had to gently explain this your last period, and actually, I will put my hand up. I did not know that. I did not know that was the process. I mean, I'm sure everybody—not everybody—because there are there are a vast amount of people out there in Archer's Twitter, at least, who don't seem to understand that drunk people are capable of having sex. It's really weird. They're like, "How did Ben even manage it?" I was like, "Um." It does happen. He's a young, virile man, and he's kind of in an emotionally heightened state. Yeah, it could happen. So, you know, everyone seems to think that that's implausible. No, it's absolutely not.
0: I know uh, uh, levels of drinking are slowly declining in the UK, but we are a country of functioning alcoholics, basically. I mean, without booze, I think we'd probably die out in a couple of generations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I
1: mean, the the, the Conservatives have already got, got their own
0: people working on that. Oh, stop it, Matthew! You can't keep on mentioning the Conservatives and expecting me to stay stay on track. If you want to escape escape real life, come to
1: Ambridge and the Sardeshet podcast.
0: Yeah, oh it's yeah, it's. I mean, it is, here you it go. Is We're grim. back
1: in. Pack in. Put the Borsetcher blanket back around us. Oh, so so so
0: warm and snuggly.
1: Right. Let, now let's f-ing slag off this storyline. So there is obviously a vehicle here for Susan and Tracy, whereas Tracy is pro-choice and susan is anti-abortion and we have to live through this dynamic because we have to hear both sides of the argument that's what's happening here isn't it
0: well you and i were talking before the show and uh i was saying that i just i find the 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 need for it to be a binary choice a weird one i think you can be uh, you can be saddened by abortions and you can also defend a woman's right to choose i don't think the two are as as you know kind of morally I don't think they're moral opposites I think you can be sort of like sad about abortion and also pro-choice I just don't understand the confusion but anyway
2: mm-hmm.
0: um you know you can be yeah as, as as with most thing as with most things it's too complex to have a definitive opinion on and so yeah I mean i didn't i don't I do think that the way they're going kind to of framing it with the two sisters is slightly nonsensical
1: yeah nonsensical but I think at the same time they have to they have to play to the, to both sides of the, is there, what's the, what's the idiom? They have to play to both sides of the church. I God knows. I don't know. Both sides of the congregation. Is that it?
0: Well, as political reporting has shown over the last uh, sort of eight, 10 years, um, both sides um, definitely works for any, um, any reportage on a situation.
1: In terms of like tiny little bit of house cleaning, um, Ed is, pronunciation of tiramisu was tiramisu
0: that annoyed me a bit that's correct yeah oh what (laughs) Uh. (laughs) fight um okay okay, you know i was saying about there being no binary things this is this is one of those situations i'll go to war on that one (laughs) we're not going to touch on it
1: heavily because it was pure slapstick lee and helen joy and mick in the hot tub um everything that you'd expect
0: i think we need Kerry here for that one
1: yeah, I mean he- Helen's a massive germaphobe. She thought about all the microbes. And I was like, "Well, don't you sell edible mold for a living, mate? Like, you know, that's just that's just what she does." But I, I was delighted that Mick, Mick and Joy came home early. I imagine he was doing a cannonball with a bottle of Buckfast into the hot tub, just to kind of make it uh, in his speedos as well.
0: Yeah, I th- I mean, I thought I thought Mick the way that Mick strong-armed Lee was a bit manipulative, but also, you know, fair game, given that his lovely Joy had been bullied by the nasty neighbours. It's like, won't we, Lee? Yes, we will, Lee. Don't you think so, Lee? It's like, yeah, (laughs) you you do right by Joy. We don't really have to worry too much about
1: the pub quiz, other than Freddie said, pub quizzes are always fun. I was like, well, tell that to Ben. He was at one a couple of weeks ago, and it didn't really end very well for him.
0: The only other thing was uh, we managed to have a, a clip from it, but um, Eddie and Clary's attempt at romance
1: yes, where they um chose Love, actually, which is a movie I've never seen
0: i I would say that love actually is a bit like uh, what's the, you know you 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 know you and Kerry climbed on your high horse about um, Sultan's a Swing about a month ago.
1: I didn't climb on my high horse. Kerry went for the jugular. I just kind Kerry- of sat there watching.
0: There are certain bands that people dislike because everyone says you should dislike them. So for instance, um, Coldplay, Cold, you know, Coldplay, I'm not, I am not a Coldplay no, no, fan. No, 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 no,
1: no, You're not defending Coldplay.
0: No, I'm not about to defend Coldplay, but I'm okay, just saying that right. like, but they, they're not the, 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 the part of the reason they're so detested is because they're so detested. It's not because they're the worst band. There's plenty worse bands out there. It's as much to do with their size as anything else. And so mm. love actually has become a kind of like a shorthand for bad movie.
1: Oh hey, I'm, I'm not slagging it. I just said I'd never seen it. I've seen the memes.
0: The point is, I think that it is one of those movies that's become like a punchline. That actually but actually, it's you know, it's like it's just it's just standard Richard Curtis. I mean, I saw Four Weddings and a Funeral. Well, yeah, the other day, and it was like it was almost unwatchable. It's aged so badly. But you know, it's a pretty tight piece of tight ninety minutes of vaguely well scripted, well thought out plot. You know, it's just the the, the cloying middle classness of it all makes it unbearable. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's a. I only say, and, you know, and, that, and the only reason I say that is because I am myself cloyingly middle class. So it's self-loathing.
1: OK, should we have an ad?
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Matthew, we've had some feedback on our ads. We have. We've had
1: had three nice um, five-star reviews in the last couple of days. We had a two-star review. Just to do some house cleaning, I'm going to get to that first. Um, Presta Digitus gave us a two-star review, which is it's not a one-star one, which said uh, with a question mark, advert for Saudi Arabia? Really? And I did go on to our socials to explain the situation that we have no control over the ads that go out. And it's quite often determined by the... The insights of the listener, how they target it, because I, th- I think a lot of people hear lottery ads, don't they? Um, if you've got a blocker on, it'll just play a random ad. So we we don't control that. So sorry if you heard an ad for Saudi Arabia. I think you probably know that no one on this podcast aligns with the views of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, apologies to the um, to the Crown Prince if he's listening right now. Uh, I always I had to apologize to Putin last week as well, didn't
0: I? just in case he was gonna come for us. Such a rebel these... taking down these um, dictators one at a time.
1: I know, I know, I know. Um but yeah, so it's not our fault, guys. Sorry. Sorry if you're hearing those ads.
0: Um we are very, very grateful for the Patreon money that comes in. Um patreon.com forward slash the cider shed if you um want to get involved. Much appreciated. And that really does make a difference. That actually you know sends us um some cash and that we you know is is usefully Is you know it you know I think we call it like a pint of beer or something like that and yeah it's much appreciated and that's pretty much what we get out of it but the advert money it it pretty much to be honest just pays for the upkeep on uh, on some bits and bobs it does it's like cash neutral so. If we you know, if the Crown Prince got on a Patreon, we promise we will turn it down. <laughs> when it says 20, <laughs> when it says twenty thousand dollars from uh, Mr. Bonesaw on Patreon, you have our word that we will reject that.
1: Twenty thousand. Fing tight ass.
0: Uh well, I mean, Matty, whatever I mean, I hate I'm gonna do you know, I'm gonna speak on behalf of all three of us without discussing first. No matter what amount of money Vladimir Putin or Mr Bonesaw offer us, we're gonna say no on Patreon. There this you go. is
1: like when this is like when the Sultan of Brunei left a £10,000 tip at the Samrat Curry House in Putney about 30 years ago and they worked out it was the equivalent of the average wage earner in the UK leaving 10p. And they were like, what a tight
0: ass. I mean, I did, uh, yes, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal, I heard him. He's a very generous, he's a famous. He, oh, um, uh, Scotty Pippin and Michael Jordan are famously stingy. I think if you watch like the last game, that comes out.
1: Uh, I heard what I heard what Michael Jordan earns an hour recently to this day, and it's just
0: insane he's not a likable man, but um Scotty Pippin's nickname when he was at the Chicago Bulls was no tipping Pippin because he was <laughs> he was so tight fisted with how he dealt with all of the the waiting stuff well, I tip
1: just so you know I was tipping like a madman in Spain last weekend, so
0: yeah, you're a good man, you're a good man, but you but you yeah, but you know you'll keep but you're not going to tell anyone that because you keep, you know, any information that goes in, you're like a locked chest. So Matthew, <laughs> um, uh, if, if missed, if any dictators want to get in touch with us on social media, where will they go to?
1: They could go to at the Cider Shed pod, which is our Instagram and our Twitter, and they can find us on Facebook. We are a group called the Cider Shed podcast. Did, um, did I actually read the nice reviews we got? Because if you want to go to, apple podcasts and leave us a five-star review that really helps us as well Um, yeah we had three good ones this week we had one from morello 7777 that said a welcome refuge from real life this is the podcast for people who are depressed by the relentlessly gloomy realities of real life and i include most archers episodes in this description obviously been listening to last week's yeah Someone who I'm just going to call Aum because of the number of zeros. Heroes is the title. Matthew, Kerry, and Peter valiantly put in the hours so the rest of us don't need to listen to the rubbish bits. My go to Sunday morning listening. Thank you for your service, team. And one more five star Drago Mount Fitchett, brilliant podcast about an appalling week. <laughs> they're all talking about the same week aren't they especially really when fine. the archers especially when the archers is absolutely dire you three make up for it with your acerbic comments five star all the way Polly perks oh, oh, Polly perks there you go there's a name from oh, blast from
0: the past still nobody kenny kenny messaged me this week said he was going to do it he had some bollocks excuse about uh about uh, uh, some you know writing assignment he had but anyway we'll see anyway matthew uh do we need to talk about football
1: uh well only in the fact that i totally um ballsed it up tonight and forgot to even do my own team and um um because it was brightford brighton brentford tonight and i didn't even select the team so i thought the game start tomorrow so let's just forget football for this week
0: My to be's um so yeah we'll we'll so next week with kerry here we need to talk hot cut hot tub etiquette and um football
1: um and could we possibly play out on the happy couple again peter
0: Well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, one more time, Kerry Ferry and Brian Ferry making sweet, sweet magic. See you next week, guys. Bye, everyone. Right, let's give it a go. Mm. Right, quick as you can, Kerry. Okay, keep still, you maggot. It's coming. Ah. Ah. Nearly there. I'm alright
1: oh thank goodness
0: oh you're a star Kerry couldn't have done that without you I've got to say Matthew he does have a nice voice
1: oh Brian Ferry's got a wonderful voice
0: I mean that album
1: was their last wasn't it Avalon And our...